Welcome back. This is the Soft Count. Another UFC weekend in the books. NBA playoffs kind of moving right along in the direction I figured. I mean, Golden, Golden State's going to win it all. But whatever, you can bet on whoever you want. And these last few games, I, I can't even finish watching them. The Heat and Celtics series is terrible. It's like one team blows a team out, the next game a team blows the team out, the next game a team blows the team out. It's just <laughs> stupid. And then watching Dallas is painful. Going like six for 20 from the three-point line, it's just it's painful. Anyway, I want to start with the UFC weekend. We went six for four overall, which is pretty hot. Uh, since we've been putting our picks out here, we haven't had a bad night. We've had some really good nights, and we've had some pretty good nights. Tonight, or last night, Saturday night, I guess today's Monday, Saturday night was a good night. The problem with Saturday night is the judging. <laughs> if the Holly Holm fight wasn't judged by Helen Keller, we would have made a ton of money on Saturday. But seeing how it was, we made good money instead of a ton of money, which, whatever. But I want to go through the fights real quick and kind of talk about what we saw and, and how that went down on the preliminary card. I warned you about the Elise Reed-Sam Hughes fight. I do think Elise Reed's in the long run, if she kind of turns the corner, she could be a better fighter than Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes just isn't that good of a fighter. Uh, But she tries really hard, and she did try really hard, and it overwhelmed Elise, and Elise got tired, and that was kind of the other prediction I gave you. And I actually had tickets going both ways. I'm taking the, the loss on it, but it was one of the fights that I warned you about. You could kind of go either way, and I did go both ways on that fight, and I did warn you that I had money on both of those ladies. Anyway, the next fight I missed on, Chase Hooper, it was it ended up being stopped. Felipe just, I don't know what he was doing. He, he didn't, that's not how I expected him to fight. It was a very odd fight. Chase won, whatever, wasn't impressive. I'm still just not impressed. Everyone's like, wow, that's like high-level grappling stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's it is. But the top guys in in every division, the top, here's the thing. And I try to, and wrestling is great until you find a guy that you can't take down, like Kamaru Usman or somebody. You know, so there is the guys that just can't be taken down. So Chase, he did show, show some stand-up. I just overall don't think he's, like, mean enough to be a, a great fighter. But whatever. I, t- I definitely lost that that bet. I did not bet on him. The next fight was uh, Jonathan Martinez and Vince Morales. Jonathan got it done. I'm kind of all in on Jonathan. I, I really like him. So we nailed that one. The next fight was our was the first upset that I picked, right? It was Uros uh, Medich against Omar Morales. Uros is badass, man. He has got hands for days. I like him. I like him a lot. He's really unassuming looking, you know. He's kind of like got a balding hair pattern, and he just, I don't know, he's definitely like foreign. <laughs> but he's fucking, he's tough. I really like his style. Another dude that's hard to take down, good hands. So everything kind of rushed back when I saw this dude walk out, Jael to Almeida. What really threw me off about this fight and why I was just confused about it from the beginning is I've never, it was a heavyweight fight. And I wasn't, I, I mean, we took Jaelton, obviously, but Parker Porter is a heavyweight and he weighs like 260. He's at the limit. And Jaelton's like a, a light heavyweight. And when he came out, I'm like, oh my God, that guy. And what had happened was he actually, his opponent had backed out and they found Parker Porter, who's a heavyweight, and he went up. And my mind kind of works like this. I, when I see somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember him. 
and he's obviously like super talented and they think that he might be the next like double weight champion or whatever but that's just not what he he, he won't be <laughs> not if there's a guy like Francis Ngannou in his way yeah he, he's not big enough to take on I mean hell even Cyril Gaon I mean Cyril Gaon's gonna come in at almost 260 you know and he's f- fast and bigger than Gialton Gialton's nice fighter though he's got a lot of he's definitely got his a lot of upside and potential, and I know everybody's really excited. In the light heavyweight division, I think he'll be really exciting. He's just not that big. Parker Porter's just, like, fat and slow. And I did hear them say he was on a three-fight win streak, but I just don't remember that. I mean, I remember him fighting fairly recently and not having a great performance. He must have won, but I don't don't remember it. So my initial reaction to the Joseph Holmes fight, he's my fourth, my other guy that I'm, I'm taking the L on, even though I did bet on him. So I had I had recorded a podcast where I was like all in on Joseph Holmes. And then in my podcast there was like people cutting trees down outside and shit. And the city was outside working on the fucking water lines. And so I re-recorded the podcast and uh, I took Alan in the re-recorded podcast after I had kind of looked at him. But then when I did my actual bets, I had actually taken I made money on Joseph Holmes, but I didn't I should have I he was that was the other fight I had circled on the podcast. I said it can go either way. I even came back to it at the very end. I was like, by the way, you know, this could be a coin flip fight. And it really wasn't. Joseph Holmes got a submission on Allen, which was crazy. Really cool fight. He's exciting. The next fight. Okay, so now we're getting into some of the the reason why the UFC's got some a really a major problem. Initially, UFC didn't have rounds. It just went until somebody won. There was no decision, <laughs> you know? And so now they have a decision to, and, and rounds, and it's killing it. Eric Anders lost the decision against Young Young Park. So he loses the decision that I think 98% of the people watching the fight, I mean 99.9% of the people watching the fight probably thought Eric Anders won, including all three announcers. And then he lost. So the 0.1% of people, the, the three judges, are the only people that watched that fight that thought that Jung Young Park won. And with legalized gambling, it just leaves a, a lot of questions for me. Like, what is going on? That's not who won the fight. And that one, I wasn't really all in on being like, what's going on yet? I thought, okay whatever I didn't see it that way but I could I just didn't really feel convicted that Eric won so I wasn't upset yet the next fight Pollyanna she just lays on the back and kind of kicks her legs around she is not ready to be a fighter she's really pretty and she knows it and she gets up on the podium afterwards smiling like look my face still looks good after the fight and it's like yeah you're not a fighter you're making money though (laughs) she's making money somewhere like, she's, I don't understand it. She's not a fighter. Tabitha Ricci fought okay, got the decision. Fine with that. Cheedy was the other guy. I hadn't seen him and Dusko fight in a while. I actually did see Cheedy fight. He has actually fought recently. And this guy is a little bit older. He's been around for a while, and he just seems so dominant. When I see him get in the ring, his elbows, he took Dusko out with an elbow that would have sent me to the fucking hospital. Like a meet, they'd have to they'd have to call in the helicopter to take me to the hospital. <laughs> the dude is a middleweight. 
And Chidi walks in there looking like a light heavyweight. He is fucking huge. Watch out for that guy. Big time. He is he's crazy. I'm really excited to see what he does. I know that he's been around. I mean, he's got he's 22 and 7 with one no contest, but he's on a street he's on the rise. It's USC's weird, man. Like Charles Oliveira had a very average record, and then all of a sudden he rattled off like 20 wins in a row, and it's like, holy fuck, this guy turned the corner. He's great now. And that's cool. You know, that happens in UFC. And I do appreciate the fact that they allow it to happen. It doesn't really happen in boxing anymore because once you have a few losses, your career is pretty much donezo. You're just like a guy that they throw in there to get chewed up. Michelle Pereira got the win. We called that one. He had nice odds. He was only like minus 120 at one point. Um, which was shocking to me. He's just so high energy. He's, he's had a lot of success in his career. I like him. He got the win. The last fight left me wondering why I'm watching UFC right now. There is, without a doubt, including Ketlin Vieira's corner, I mean, everybody on fucking planet Earth watching UFC knows Holly Holm won the fight. There were five rounds. Holly Holm landed three times as many significant strikes and had 10 minutes of control time in that fight. Like, Holly Holm landed over 130-some strikes to, like, Catlin's 60 overall. Catlin Vieira had, like, I don't know, 20 leg kicks to Holly Holm's 60. Like... It was just in the numbers when they popped it. I didn't even need to see the fucking numbers at the end of the fight. I just watched the fight, and I was like, well, you know, Holly's going to get this, this decision. And, and even in the even in the fucking Catlin's corner, the her uh, coach is like, you're, you're losing, you know, three rounds to one. This fight, if you can't knock her out in this last round, it's over. What are you doing? Like, he was berating her. Not, like, in a bad way, just letting her know, like, your performance, you've lost. Unless you can go out there and throw a Hail Mary and knock her out, it is over. And they go out there, and the fifth round looks more like the rest of the rounds. She didn't do anything. She had one moment in the entire fight where she got Holly home in a headlock, and Holly's head turned fucking purple, and she gave the thumbs up, like, I'm good. And then, you know, turned out of it. But that was it. Now, like I said before, when I was younger, I really didn't give a shit about the decisions. I, I thought that's what you get for not for not uh, finishing the fight. You know, I, I, when I was younger, I would have looked at Holly and been like, you know, you deserve that. But now, sports gambling's legal and it's a business, and people like me are in the business now of sports gambling. And when I see a fight go a certain way. Now the decision does matter to me when it didn't really matter to me before. My only investment was in the fight itself, which I've been watching since I was a kid. I've been watching boxing. And then when UFC came out, I remember watching the very first one when I was a kid, sitting there at my friend's dad's house, Mark McCullough, my cousin's dad. He was like married in, you know, and uh, watching the very first UFC ever on pay-per-view. He bought it, you know, and it didn't. In all the years of my life, like this, I've realized there's been bad decisions. It's always happened. But now sports gambling, gambling being legal, it's an industry. And decision, there has to be, I mean, I don't give a, I'd rather have a fucking computer calculate the strikes and have that be how it's calculated. I don't care how it's done. 
between the time controlled and strikes and however many strikes and you just tell this computer what each one how many points or what each thing's worth like I'd rather have that because what it is right now is either corrupt or inept 110% it's one of those two it's either corrupt or inept and if I'm UFC and Dana White Neither of those is acceptable to me. I cannot be, can be conceived as inept, and I can't be conceived as corrupt. And in fighting, specifically fighting, because it's so tied to Vegas, the idea of it being corrupt is always there. It's always been there but with fighting. Not just not MMA specifically, but just boxing, fighting, promotions. It's always been considered a corrupt business. And now when you, when you have a decision that is so clearly like the other way, it it leaves a lot of questions to to be asked. It, 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 I can't believe I can't believe that decision. It was shocking. I've seen some bad decisions where, but I've always been able to be like, well, neither of these people did much. I watched Holly Holm beat the shit out of Catlin Vieira for five fucking rounds. Control the the control time being ten minutes in a twenty five minute fight. Catlin Vieira had like forty seconds of control time total or some shit. Like she's not she was just throwing strikes. And then she got outstruck, too. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'm shocked still. Even now thinking back on it, I'm like, God damn, how did that happen? Really um, disappointing. And I, I would assume, I mean, no, there's nobody held accountable. You know, because you can't hold Dana White accountable. He's not in charge of these people. and And you can't. Like, there's nobody to tell. Like, who the fuck? Like, these people are, like, basically anonymous. It's, I don't know. I don't know. That shit was a bummer. So what I, you know, part of me is like, man, they just just go back to fighting a single round until somebody wins. Like, you could take the judges out of it because that shit was unacceptable. There's not a... Any UFC fights next weekend, uh, there's kind of like a little lull, but there's some really great cards coming up, some fights to look out for. I know um, Alexander Volkov and Jezero Rosenstreich or Rosenstreich is going to be fighting soon. That's in June, I think June 4th, but they don't have anything else on that card yet, so that being the kind of main event, that'll be fun to watch. Um, Alexander Volkov's a all-around badass. He hasn't really... He's not one of my guys. Same with Jaizinro. He's not one of my guys, but I've been kind of on his train betting lately. He's just got a really nice punches and really hurts people. Uh, Volkov has really great kicks and, and really hurts people. So that'll be on June 4th is kind of the next, it looks like, will probably be the next uh, UFC event. And then obviously leading into July the Adesanya fight. The second week of June is the Valentina Shevchenko and Talia Santos fight. That's going to be sweet with Glover Teixeira and Jiri Porshanka fighting. I can't ever say these names. I'm a, you know, I'm just a Midwestern person now at this point. (laughs) I'm not very good at speaking other languages. So it's uh, some of these names I uh, stumble over. I hear them over and over, but I still just can't say it. You know, I can say Glover Teixeira, (laughs) Valentina Shevchenko. I can kind of, you know, I can say some of these names. Jiri, though, your name is another level, dude. It's those Polish names that are so hard to say, really. Anyway, um, 
so yeah, we got some fights coming up. We'll have a week off of UFC. We'll be talking some NBA and some Formula One and some NFL going forward. Uh, take we'll take a week off, and then when when they get the rest of that card filled out, we'll we'll have an episode about it. NBA playoffs have been kind of exactly what I've, I've I've expected. I I mean, Golden State's just too good. They can actually make threes. <laughs> While Dallas just seems to just miss them like crazy, I can't believe how many threes they shoot. And coming and and from places like Reggie Bullock, he'll shoot like it's just I don't get it. I don't I don't get that team at all. It's hard to watch. It reminds me of the Houston Rockets a few years ago. You know, it's just ugly and it doesn't win. If you can't, if you have three games where you shoot bad, it's over. You, if you have two games where you shoot bad, it's over. It just is so ugly and unreliable. And everyone's like, well, they got there. And it's like, yeah, they did. But Luca's tired now. He's not driving into the basket. And when he does drive in, he just kicks it out to Reggie, who misses a three. Or he kicks it out to Brunson, who misses a three. Or he kicks it out to Dimwitty, who drives in and then kicks it out to Bullock, who misses a three. It is unwatchable. Golden State, please get this done in four so I don't ever have to fucking watch this again because it is terrible basketball. It's unwatchable. If I'm Luka, it's like, if you're all going to just be shooting and missing threes, I'd rather Luka shoot and miss threes. Like, what the fuck are you guys? It's terrible basketball. Everyone, Everyone's talking about Jason Kidd being a star coach and shit, and it's like, dude, this is garbage. This is seriously Mike D'Antoni basketball. But with worse players, I, <laughs> I I don't get it. And Luca's at this point, his body caught up to him in the playoffs. He's tired, and so he's not driving. He's not being able to really elevate and finish, and so he just kicks it out to a dude that misses. That's all I saw last night, and I turned it off. I'm like, I'm not even gonna finish watching this. This is embarrassing. The Heat and my uh, the Heat and Celtics is a similar game right now where it's like. One team just dominates every other game, which is fine. They're going to go to game seven, but neither of them look any good at all. If you can't be consistent, Golden State's going to play one bad game in a series. That's it. We'll give you one one bust, and then the rest we're going to kill. One bust, that's it. The Celtics are going to give you three at least, two for sure. But maybe three bad games, and and they'll let they'll let it go to seven, and then you know they're going to be worn out. They're going to go up against Golden State, who's just going to be flying around the three point line, banging them down. And when they don't bang them down, I'll tell you the real the unsung hero of Golden State. After I watched the first half of that game last night, is Andrew Wiggins. He is he's everything they wanted him to be. Because when the threes aren't going, he can drive and finish every time. He is a stud, and he can stroke it. It's funny. Everybody has been talking about Jordan Poole, and he's kind of struggled lately. He hasn't looked that good. Andrew Wiggins has not struggled. He's sick, and it's kind of the the extra thing they needed. They needed some athleticism that can go inside a big body. It's a nice pickup for Golden State. <clears throat> They're about to skate to the finals and be the champs. You know, it's interesting, uh, Colin and a lot of the people on television, they're all out west. 
Now I was I was born in California. I'm from there. And I'm a strong believer that if you're not born in California, you should just kind of get out now. There's too many people there. I just left. It's it's so bad. And it's, it has nothing to do with, for me with like taxes and shit cuz I'm just I'm a <laughs> I don't make any fucking money. Not really. And so to me none of it matters to me. I'm always just kind of living on the edge. <clears throat> it's more, you know, that's how I that's how I live. And so to me California, it's, the biggest issue is it's just dying, the, the, the land. It's like on fucking fire. You know why? Because there's just too many people. And so if you really – nobody really gives a shit about California. They care about themselves, and so they're out there, like, trying to make it, you know, and, which I understand too because, I'm, you know, I'm selfish as well. But at a certain point, you know, California is just going to disappear. <laughs> It'll either just burn up or fall into the ocean. And that's not like some conspiracy theory. That's just <laughs> that's just science. They teach you that in like fucking eighth grade now. I don't know what they teach you in eighth grade anymore, actually. Probably nothing like that now. But when I was in eighth grade, they taught you about fault lines and California falling into the goddamn ocean. <laughs> and as I've gotten older, all I've seen is more proof that it's just like burning the fuck up. But all these people out west really, you know, they don't view. Sorry, I didn't mean to really spiral out there. I have strong feelings about California. Uh but anyway, the reason that the Golden State right now isn't viewed as this like villain is because all of these major companies have moved to California. When I was growing up, it was like Connecticut, Bristol. These places were, were like where, where everybody was, even New York City. And there's still some in New York City, but they're not as powerful as the, the, the people on the West Coast now. The West Coast is where sports television has really exploded. And so... They view Golden State as like the good guys. But literally, everyone outside of San Francisco, really, and I know a lot of people in L.A. are like claiming them up there, but, you know, nobody likes Golden State. Nobody. Everybody in the entire country has hated Golden State. And I heard Colin shocked that he was like, wait, is, is people don't like Draymond? It's like, no, dude. He is literally a bigger Pat Beverly. He's Pat Bev in a bigger body. He's an annoyance. The only reason that he's considered good is because of the team he's on. And I was listening to Rick Buecher today, and he just sounded like a fool. He was talking about how Golden State operates without stars. They don't need stars. Well, they have the biggest star in the NBA next to LeBron James. There's there's two. There's Steph Curry and LeBron James. They have one of them. Now, when he was hurt, that team was trash. They literally had like the they they were vying for the number one pick in the draft. I think they got the number two pick and ended up with that center that never plays. But they were terrible without their stars. And so his argument was, you know, they're just so good that they don't need stars because they anybody can just and on any given night can be great. And it's like, no, because when Steph Curry went down and didn't play all season, they were trash. And when he came back, they were exciting again. They're terrible without Steph Curry. They're terrible. And with Steph Curry, they're amazing. And they're going to win the finals. They're going to go to the finals and win it all. And then he kind of later went on and contradicted that statement when he was talking about Steph Curry. Anyway, I just it, it blew my mind that that's what everybody out that's on TV right now, they, they don't view Golden State like the rest of the country does which is they're the bad guys, okay? <laughs> At one point, they signed fucking Kevin Durant. They were so powerful and had so much fucking 
clout and can just do whatever they want. And then they just kicked his ass out, basically, and they're going again. They signed Andrew Wiggins, and they signed a bunch of young guys, and they wait a year, and now they're back. I don't hate Golden State. I don't really give a shit. I'm not a, for me, in the NBA, I don't have strong feelings to teams. I like players. I'm kind of one of the younger, I'm of the younger generation with the NBA. You know, I'm much more of a player person. I just, there's certain players I just love to watch. You'll never really hear me talk about the Celtics because I don't, I guess I don't like the Celtics, quote unquote. But for a while, Paul Pierce was one of my favorite players in the NBA. He was awesome. I watched him all the time, and I would never in a million years consider myself a Celtics fan. So that's how I am. There's definitely teams I like less and teams I like more. And then, you know, Golden State is one of those teams I like less, but I watch them all the time because they're awesome to watch. And I don't really have strong ties to any teams anymore, really. I don't really root for rich rich people <laughs> you know I, I watch their game because it's it's designed for me but I, I don't like throw myself on a grenade for a team anymore because they don't have my best interest in mind ever why would they I'm just a person and so to me it's just whatever I, I learned a long time ago you'll get burned by your team if you if you just fall in love with a team they're gonna do shit you don't like so just like the players that's what I like and there's certain teams that run organizations that I like more than others obviously like anything but the NFL, it's easier for me to get tied to teams because I've lived in this area for a while now. And uh, NF- the NFL, too, is very regional versus the NBA, which is very global. When you move around in the country, it limits what NFL game you get to watch that week. You can live anywhere in the country and at 9 o'clock at night on the East Coast, turn on the TV and the, the Lakers are starting, or Golden State's starting. The NBA plays their best teams on television across the country. And so it really is a player's league. You fall in love with players in the NBA because you could live in Sacramento and your team's just like not on TV. In the NFL, whatever city you're living in is what team you have to watch, basically. Unless unless their uh, stadium ratings are so low, then they black it out and they make you go. But yeah, it's been an interesting week. I've been stoked about pretty much everything. I I actually did watch the PGA Championship, which was really fun. And it ended up in a playoff at the end. I just got done telling you guys I'll never talk about golf. And then the NBA game was so trash, and I've just been kind of disenchanted with where we're at. The, The NBA playoffs have been, I'm sorry, the NBA playoffs have been fantastic. The conference finals have been trash. It's like clear there's one team and then three others. And so I just... I've kind of tuned it out, and the championship kind of came up, and it ended up in a fucking three-hole playoff at the end that was just out of control. Really fun to watch, actually. I enjoyed it. Although the fans at the tournament, God, I, if you're listening to this and you're like that, those fans there, I, I don't, I don't know what, like, what are you wasting your time for? Like, after every hit, hearing the shit you're saying, the, some of the things that you're saying, like yelling it, it's like, ugh. That's how you want to be remembered, huh? <laughs> it was embarrassing. I'm surprised that the people at the at the club and shit just didn't throw these people out. It was embarrassing, actually. And anybody that's a big fan of golf that supports that kind of shit should probably be embarrassed, too. Now, UFC fights, when I've been, I've been to the now a UFC fight and I watch it all the time, people yell horrible shit too but it's like not clear as day 
and it's kind of expected from UFC fans. <laughs> They're just ass like there's a bunch of fucking assholes there. But golf's supposed to be this like super elitist, educated, like fucking high, high, high brow bullshit. And then you've got some of these people just screaming, and it's so clear as day. It, like I would have been throwing those if you're this high brow fucking thing. Like I'd be throwing these people out and, and banning them for life. Like, the kind of shit golfers can get in trouble for, like, one statement. Like, the fans should be held to the same account. It's a fucking country club they're standing at. It's not – it's private. And so I was, a, I was a little bit kind of thrown back by it. I'm not thrown back by it at a goddamn football game or a UFC game, fight or whatever. But it, in golf, it didn't sound very elite. It sounded like trash. <laughs> like the fucking shit people were yelling. It was kind of trashy. I was really shocked. Uh, but overall, the competition was really fun to watch. But, man, fucking embarrassing. Overall, fun weekend. Got some good games coming up. We've got the NBA Finals will be creeping up on us soon. No UFC next weekend. We've got the Formula One Monaco races coming up. Quick talk about Formula One. I did give you a pick on Formula One last week. I gave you Max Verstappen to win the race, which he did. He took the lead pretty late, too, which was sweet. Um, he was only, like, minus 110 to win the race, so... You know, could have doubled your money on him if you took the bet that I offered. He didn't even start on pole, but Red Bull is so much faster than everybody right now. Ferrari's reeling. Carlos is not really a good driver. Leclerc is a top, top end driver, and their car's just not fast enough. They lost power, which was a problem. It's interesting. Like, I think it's very clear that Leclerc, I, I, I thought. I thought Lewis had a nice drive. He went from, like, 19th to 9th at one point or some crazy shit. So did Alonzo. They both had, like, huge gaps they made up. And then, had you know, I think Hamilton had a bump and it knocked him back down. Everybody's kind of making fun of him. But I don't know why. He's he's sick. Yeah, overall, really exciting race. It's funny, man. I, I always like the Spanish race. And when you go online, everybody kind of shits on it and says it's, like, the most boring race. But it was, it was great, as usual, to me. Uh, the only races I find that are really bad is the – the Canadian race sometimes is pretty boring, and the, the races in the United States are trash. Like, the presentation is just trash. I can't handle it. But next week is Monaco. Another, actually, a boring – that's a boring race. The only cool thing about Monaco is the scenery. Seeing all the people on the boats, the rich people, and, like, the city. They're on the roads. Like, the, the actual footage and some of the new camera angles people were bitching about. I like the one where they're inside the fucking helmet through the visor. That shit looks so sweet. I like a couple of seconds of that when they show people doing stuff. Uh, and Monaco is going to look really cool in that aspect. But the actual racing at Monaco is bad. You can't pass. There's nowhere to pass. I mean, I remember I remember years ago, Daniel Ricciardo had like an engine failure but was already in first place and finished the race in first place. Nobody could get around him, and his car wasn't even going very fast. You know, it's it's a boring race. But it's also like the staple of Formula One. And it's kind of like the Met Gala of Formula One, right? It's like a, it's a, just a big showing. The race for, for Monaco is qualifying. That's the race. And so if you're into Formula One and you're into Monaco and, the, and you want to watch the Monaco race, what you really want to do is watch the qualifier because that's really the race at Monaco. Like, there's just not very much passing at all. I've seen a couple races where there's been none at Monaco, not one. <laughs> so, anyway, should be a good – it'll be fun to watch for me just because I like how beautiful it is and, I, and the track is really cool looking and the camera angles are sweet and, 
you know, who knows? Maybe something crazy happens and it rains and all of a sudden we have the craziest Monaco race that's ever happened. But, you know, that's that's been yet yet to <laughs> happen, I guess, is the best word I'm looking for. It, it, is not, it has not happened. So anyway, talk to you guys more this week. Appreciate your follows and your um, your likes. Shoot me some Instagram DMs about any of the topics you want, man. I I, uh, I talk everything. Kind of low on shows right now. I finished that Tokyo Vice show, which was sweet. And um, now I'm just kind of like searching, you know, trying to find something. Hit me up. Talk to you guys soon.